1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And a good afternoon. I hope everybody is doing well and you had a good weekend on earlier today. As I told you, we would uh, be having a couple of atypical shows this week. But uh, hey, you know what? NFL preseason is in the books a week from Thursday. We've got Detroit And Kansas City, and then we roll right on to September 10th. And then the uh, September 11th games, it is absolutely awesome. Some college football over the weekend, so that's underway. The schedule really picks up this week. So we've got the the NFL, we've got college football, and anything else going on, we are certainly very happy uh, to be able to talk about that. But man, football is finally here. Uh, It is about freaking time. Man, it's so nice to have football here. It really is. It is so nice, and you know, I'm looking at college football. I'm looking at the schedule this week, and you know, we finally, you know, can talk about uh, some really big games coming up uh, this weekend. So, uh, you, you know, you know the routine. You can come on, and you can talk about whatever you want. All you have to do is uh, raise your hand, and uh, we will do it. But uh, I don't, I don't know, like if there's a more, uh, I guess. Laxative, boring. Uh, you know, you go from after NBA free agency until just about now, and you're like, "How do we make it?" Right? Unless you really like golf or tennis or something like that, but you're like, "God, we actually got through. We made it." You know, we made it. Thank goodness. We've got some football uh, to talk about, and then again, you know, you get college football, uh, some pretty you know, interesting games, uh, coming up labor day weekend. And, you know, if you want to talk about that, we can do so, but, you know, again, we talk about the national football league and I did a rant on this today and I, I don't understand how people are debating Trey Lance and what does that mean for the Dallas Cowboys? It doesn't mean anything for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, and what the hell is John Lynch? talking about at his press conference that the Cowboys came up, you know, big time to get Lance. What the hell is John Lynch talking about? They gave up a fourth round pick. Seriously, you know, what's Trey Lance ever done? Nothing, done nothing, nothing. He hadn't shown that he can play in the NFL either during the regular season when he has had a chance or on the practice field. And and yet, you know, I got to worry about what Dak Prescott thinks? Seriously? Here's the bottom line. Trey Lance is not better than Dak Prescott. He's not better than Cooper Rush. And he's probably not better than Will Greer, the quarterback that the Cowboys just cut, who Mike McCarthy said had the best preseason game of any quarterback that he's seen since 1999. How about that for you? You know, but I haven't heard about you know, gee, what does this mean for Dallas? doesn't mean anything for Dallas. Nothing. You know, How, how's Trey Lance going to get on, on the field? You know, then people go, well, gee, it's going to be the backup to Dak Prescott. Let me tell you something. Trey Lance is not better than Cooper Rush. Did you watch Cooper Rush play last year? Did you watch Cooper Rush? He was 4-1 and one in relief of Dak Prescott, who was hurt. You think Trey Lance go four and one as a starter. I mean, really? So I, I don't, I, again, I do not understand it. I do not understand the, the, the last two or three days and all the talks around the glance move on, you know, he's not in San Francisco anymore. Why? Cause he's not good enough. You know, and I, I listened to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch talk about this guy, you know, as if they traded Santa Claus. Really? You know, you you, you would have thought that Trey Lance had taken the 49ers to a couple of Super Bowls and they're thinking about retiring his jersey listening to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. What a joke. Seriously. What, What a joke. Here's the bottom line. If the 49ers really thought that Lance could be the player that they thought when they drafted him, there's no way in the world that they would have traded him. And yet, you know, I, I got to listen to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch talk about this guy as if, like, gee, they just traded, you know, the second coming of Johnny Unitas. Wake the hell up, would you? You know, I love, I'm seeing things on social media from national talk shows and media about, you know, his role with Dallas. His role with Dallas, he doesn't have a role with Dallas. Really? I don't understand this. I really don't. All right, who wants to be my leadoff person today? All right, who wants to get the ball rolling? Let me know, raise your hand, I'll put you right on and we can have some fun today. All right, it's that simple. I know we're coming on a little bit odd, you know, with the start time, but that's the way it's gonna be for uh, this week, all right? Probably will not be consistent in terms of the times, but what is consistent is uh, the fact that You are kind enough to join me here in the afternoon. So, you know what I like? You have a life that's flexible, right? That you can actually come on and listen to my show at all times. Although I don't know if you would want to listen to me at like three or four in the morning, that could be a problem. That could be an issue. But other than that, uh, everything is good. So we can talk football. We can talk college football. We can talk the NFL. We can talk about injuries uh, and anything else that is on your mind. We can definitely uh, do that. All right. Don't know yet about uh, tomorrow's showtime. And as soon as I figure it out, I will certainly let you know. All right. Uh, Podcast will be released tomorrow. I'm going to go over what I think are the uh, toughest divisions in each of the conferences. Because It's very interesting when you look at the NFC and the AFC right now and the the power of these conferences. I mean, the AFC is so much deeper than the NFC, right? I mean, look at all the teams in the AFC that you could see being in the Super Bowl. Then look at the teams in the NFC that you could realistically see playing in Vegas. In February, I mean, many teams in the AFC, many teams. NFC, everyone thinks it's just going to be Philadelphia and San Francisco. There will be one other team that emerges. There always is. And this will be no different this year. But, I mean, you got to look at the AFC. I mean, look at the AFC East. Look at the AFC North, right? I mean, talk about balanced divisions and some good teams. You know, everyone thought the AFC West a year ago was that division because you had Russell Wilson in Denver and the Raiders had just been to the, you know, playoffs and they lost at Cincinnati. And you were like, okay, we know Kansas City is going to be good. You got the, the Chargers. No, that wasn't the case. There's there's always going to be teams that you think are going to be good that aren't and vice versa. Last year, we know the Giants and the Seahawks. Which of those, who's going to be the Giants and the Seahawks of this year? Right? Who's going to be the teams that were like, wow, where did this team come from? You could even say to a degree Jacksonville last year, but there were so many unknowns with the Jaguars because, you had Urban Meyer gone. Here comes Doug Peterson. You've got a quarterback that everyone thinks can be very good. But, you know, I mean, think about what happened in Jacksonville. And now all of a sudden, look at look where they are. So th- th- I'm telling you, this is going to be interesting when you look at the AFC and the NFC. Now, I want to know who that third team is going to be in the NFC. I'm not a believer in the Vikings. I didn't think they were that good last year, you know, despite winning, what was it, 13 games? Dallas has Dak Prescott, you know, their, their defense is good. They got a stud in Micah Parsons, but I don't think you're winning anything with Prescott. I think when you look at the Giants, they're not ready to go that next step. Washington's not. NFC South, I, I don't see it. Could we be talking about a team in January? from the NFC South that just surprised the heck out of everybody. I mean, if, if that were the case, what would the team be? New Orleans. I mean, really Atlanta. I I can't imagine it being Carolina. I can't imagine it being Tampa. What about in the NFC West? Once you get past San Francisco and Seattle, the Cardinals may not win a game this year. I mean, that's how bad the Cardinals look. You know they—they, they, I don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Seriously, looks like Kyler Murray's not going to be ready to play for a while. They just got rid of Colt McCoy. You know they—they've they've been trading players left and right for like basically nothing. As they look to me like they're already tanking. How about how about the Cardinals, huh? Have you looked at their roster lately? I mean, good lord. You, know, you tell me how they're going to win a game. And I know they'll win a game or two, but they look, to me, right now, when you look at the AFC and the NFC, seriously, name me a worse team than the Arizona Cardinals. They look putrid. I mean, they look terrible. So when I look at the NFC North, if I say that Minnesota, to me, I don't think is that good, do the Lions take that next step? and build off last year. You got Jordan Love with the Packers. The Bears, to me, I got to see it. I'm sorry. You know, I, I can't put the Bears up there right now. So, AFC, loaded. NFC, not so much. But you know, once you get past Philly and San Francisco, and those teams play each other this year in Philly, but once you get past those two teams, the third team, that will emerge. Who's that team gonna be? All right, again, I need a leadoff person. All right, hit me up. College football Rich. I see you're on there, and uh, congratulations to your Aztecs. Same with Ryan and Sacktown as they beat those mighty Ohio Bobcat Bobcats. Well, you know, you got a hell of a football program when you can beat the Ohio University Bobcats. What was that score? What was what did I see? Was it 20 to 13? But, you know, it's college football, right? We got it going. My buddy Tim Brando was doing the game with Spencer Tillman. You know, the good thing for Tim, he got a chance to go to San Diego for the weekend. That doesn't suck. But your first game, you got San Diego State and Ohio University. That's the game I got to look forward to, to start off college football. I don't care. It's football. Right? I certainly was going to watch, you know, Navy and Notre Dame. So, I'm going to watch the midshipmen play Notre Dame? No. But uh, the Aztecs, they're going to go undefeated. Seriously, though, college football is underway, and that's all I really care about. All right, again, glad to have everybody with me. Uh, I do need a leadoff person because we've covered all the topics that I wanted to get to. And we are going to say hello to Dorian right here on Listen Up. Dorian, how are you?
2: Grant, I'm doing so awesome, man. How, how's everybody? How's How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, my friend. It's good to hear your voice.
2: Good to hear from you again, uh, uh, too, Grant. I try my best to get on on Monday, so that's,
0: that's usually my day
2: off. So I'm glad I was able to get my workout in and, and listen a little bit. Um, good for you. Yeah, Grant, you know, uh, I'm really excited for Kings basketball Um you know, my, my work schedule has been a little, incons- a little weird, so I'm really excited to hopefully kind of get, be consistent again when the Kings basketball comes around. But I know you don't really follow s- soccer as much, Grant, but have you been following or have you been seeing a little bit what, you know, Leonel Messi has been doing with um, out in Miami?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I will tell you this, and I talked about this, I believe, on Friday, and I want to get your opinion. Yes. Because I think Messi, from what he's doing in the MLS, and again, I don't watch the MLS and I know nothing about the MLS – But you know what that tells me? tells me that the quality of talent in the MLS is not that good. When you're going to have a 36-year-old, I know Messi's old world. I get that. But he comes over, and it's like men against boys. And so if Messi can come over and dominate the MLS the way he has, that just tells me that the talent level in the MLS is not that good. And then there's a second part of that question I want to ask you because I don't follow the sport, and you do. How are you going to keep on expanding – in the MLS, is there, is there enough talent to expand? Like San Diego's going to have a team now. I mean, is, is the MLS expanding too fast? Is there enough soccer talent to go around where you're not diluting the product? Because, again, I'm looking at Messi, and I'm looking at what he's doing in these matches for Miami. And it's like, you know, every single game he's got a goal, two goals, a goal and an assist. I mean, you know, he's dominating already. It's unbelievable to me.
2: Yeah, it really is incredible what he's doing. I mean, these guys are professional athletes. And like you said, Leo Messi is just making these guys look like it's varsity against the freshman team. It's really, really incredible. I mean, just with his free kicks and just his play, I mean, this is his first year obviously being in the MLS, but – it just feels like the chemistry that he has with his teammates are just like unmatched. It's like it's like they've been playing for a long time. In regards to your question about the MLS, I think it's really interesting where soccer is going. I think kind of similar, maybe not similar to golf. I don't really follow golf as much. But I think the attraction of getting these big name players going to these different leagues and giving you know, these big name players a lot of money and just it's creating more exposure for especially soccer. Because soccer is a growing sport. It's the most popular sport in the world. But here in America, I think soccer is really, really still growing, and I think it's just becoming more and more popular with people like Messi, you know, with you know people like Ronaldo going to these different countries and and, and exposing, you know, soccer to more
0: more. Well, and more. no, but 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 well, wait a minute now, Ronaldo, Messi, they're 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 moving to their respective leagues for one reason, one reason only. Yeah, it's money. All right, it's the it, it exactly. So let let let's. Let's understand why this is happening. It's sure. because of money. And here's something else about soccer. I think soccer, and you're right, it is growing very rapidly in America. I think after the next World Cup you know, with North America, with yes. all of the venues in the United States, I think that's going to really accelerate the growth of soccer in this country. Totally,
2: I, I do, I do, really believe that. It's just really interesting too, with like what's happening with the U.S. men's soccer team. Even though they're good, there's still a lot of stipulations with, you know, younger academies and and how come you know soccer hasn't grown as fast as it should here in America? And I think it's a lot of, it's a political thing going on. But nonetheless, I think just Leo Messi being here in the states is just doing really like great things uh, no. for soccer as a whole. Nonetheless.
0: Well, it is because people are people are talking about it, and you know it's almost impossible to go through a day and not see what Messi's doing in Miami, and I, I think that is good. But again, for for the layman, for someone like myself who really does not follow the sport, sure, I, I just look at what he's doing and I ask myself, gee, is the quality of talent in the MLS that poor, where? a guy that's 36 years old can come over and dominate the sport.
2: Yeah, it's really incredible. I mean, I I, I don't really know what the answer is because, you know, I never played soccer, you know, growing up or anything like that, even though I follow it. Um, but yeah, it's just really incredible what he's doing. And I think, you know, with the MLS and the expansion of different teams and stuff like that, there's a lot of money on the market. There's a lot of people out there that are looking to grow their capital and make investments. So, you know, I don't doubt the league growing and, you know, all these, you know, these younger players, you know, making soccer their main sport as opposed to football, or basketball, or baseball. You know, you could even argue that's a safer sport, too, as opposed to it being contact or, or whatever. But, you know, nonetheless, it's really incredible what he's doing. And then, lastly, Grant, did you? Like I said, uh, I don't you don't really follow soccer as much. But did you have you been seeing what's happened with the Spain, with the women's Spain World Cup win and what's going on with, with their with their team?
0: Well, I mean, I know they won. I'm not. I don't follow women's soccer, so I, I when you ask me, do I know what's going on with their team? No, I don't.
2: Yeah, well, they they obviously they won the World Cup, but I guess one of the general managers or the president or don't quote me on this, but he kissed one of the players. And it's causing a lot of controversy now, to where the players don't want to play anymore. Um, a lot of the coaching staff has just resigned. Um, so I don't know if you saw that, but that's kind of that kind of sucks. Well, well,
0: well, all right, so go into a little bit more detail. The the coach kissed one of his players.
2: I'm not sure if it was the coach or if it was the general manager or the president or somebody in the Spain organization kissed one of the players after winning the title and now it's gone this kind of this, this big thing now where a lot of the players don't want to um play for the team anymore just because they want that person fired or removed from the team um, and i haven't really like like i said don't quote me on it i've just seen it and just different pieces on threads and social media and stuff like that but the main thing that i brought it up is because that kind of sucks you know the spain is the first country to win a women's world cup and a men's world cup and they had some incredible talent, and it kind of sucks that after winning the World Cup, this kind of gets uh, this it kind of gets overshadowed with, you know, what's going on with 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 the team now, and not not so much with the win of the World Cup, but with this whole kissing situation and the whole coaching staff resigning.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Eleven members of the uh, coaching staff uh, resigned. I didn't even know about this. That's pretty amazing to me. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you bringing it to my attention because I have not been uh, following it, but that's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, It kind of sucks for, for, for it's, you know, a country like that, obviously, you know, women's you know, women's world cup. um, It's still growing, right. People are still looking at it, even though the ratings were super high this year, you know, it's still growing in popularity, especially, you know, women's sports, but yeah, it sucks to have a country win. And then this happens.
0: Yeah. Right. So it's the Spanish soccer federation president, uh, Louis, uh, Rubolis, I I may be mispronouncing the name, so I apologize, uh, is is the individual that, again, as you said, uh, well, he says the kiss was consensual. Who knows? I don't I'm literally hearing about it from the first time I haven't been following the story, so I don't know what to say.
2: Yeah, for sure, sucks, but nonetheless, Grant. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm really excited for Kings basketball, and uh, I'm just really excited. And I, I think thank you, thank you for your content. And uh, you know, obviously, as thank if, you. Is you, if you ever need anything, just let
0: us know. We'll we'll do our best to support you. Thanks so much, Go Kings. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Yeah, I was not aware of that story until just now. I don't even know what to say. I I would need to educate myself more before I can really comment on it. You know, as far as the Kings go, they'll be in camp in what four weeks. And I, I think the roster is pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm a little worried about, you know, the backup point guard. Um, I think Sasha Viznikov is being falsely uh, prepped and hyped. I think that people need to take a deep breath and just let the process unfold. I think people hear League MVP and think, you know Luka Doncic, and I mean, I I think Sasha is a lot closer to Nemanja Bialica than he is to Luka Doncic. All right, and and I don't mean a slight, Nemanja Bialica, but I'm trying to put it in perspective where I think. You know, I heard someone say, "Gee, you know, he's Bogdan. He's going to be better than Bogey." No, no, he's not. No, he's not. And I, I think that people that, first of all, you don't know anything about the guy, all right? All, all you know is what, gee, EuroLeague league MVP. And I'm not saying that he can't play. Understand where I'm coming from. I think he can play in the NBA, but I, I don't think he's going to be like, you think EuroLeague league MVP. And you're like, oh my God, the King's got to steal. I, I just don't see that. And again, I keep on talking to people that have followed his career and his game. And not one of not one of those individuals talks to him, talks to me about him in glowing terms. They go, yeah, you know, he could play in the NBA, but you know, don't expect too much. Don't expect like, you know, he's going to set the world on fire. And it, you know what? It would be great if he does. I mean, it really would be awesome. But I just I think that there's a, a an overhype going on here. That's the way I see it. And I respect the people that I've talked to and their basketball acumen. I I just, I don't, there's nothing that I've heard about him from the people that have scouted and watched him play in Europe that would make me think, oh, wow, the Kings got themselves a tremendous player. Now, you know, maybe they got themselves a tremendous player in Europe, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a tremendous player in the NBA. I guess he could. You know, but I keep on hearing you know, Bogey. He's not Bogdanovich. Bogey's a hell of a player. I mean, if he could be Bogey, then I would say, gee, wow, the Kings got themselves a hell of a talent there. I I just, you know, I I don't see that. All right, again, who wants to come on next? Raise your hand, and uh, we will put you on. Good having uh, Dorian on it. And again, I'll look more into that story when I get done, but I I was not aware of that. I was not aware of that story uh, going over in Spain. There's always something. You know, like that's the world we're living in now. Nothing's ever just, oh boy, look at this. You got, oh, we got uh, all the coaches are resigning and we got this and we got that. It's just unbelievable. It's always something, you know? And again, I I was totally unaware of this story uh, until Dorian brought it to my attention. I mean, the headlines are unbelievable. The New York Post, a forced kiss and a reckoning with sexism in Spain. I mean, that's the New York Times. The Guardian. Me Too exposed the abuse of women in Spain. It took football and... Something else to spark a revolution. I don't know what the hell that is. A revolution. How about that? All right. The word was, what's the word it's over mean in Spanish? See a Cabo? Is that what that means? That's the headline. It took football and see a Cabo to spark a revolution. I know I'm mispronouncing that. In Spanish, that means it's over. There you have it. There you have it. There you have it. Now that's a hashtag. It was on the jersey of the Sevilla men's football team, and it was a hashtag used by the UN, Spain's government, and athletes around the world to show support for the Spanish team. I'm totally unaware of this story. It says Siakobo, or Siakobo Siakobo is probably, was also used by women speaking up about abuse and bullying they have experienced. Again, football players, politicians, singers, and ordinary people showed solidarity, solidarity with Jenny Hermoso, the star forward who received an unwanted kiss on the lips from her boss, the head of the Spanish Football Federation. As Hermosa put it, it was, quote, the straw that broke the camel's back. What the hell are you doing? Kissing a player on the lips. Good Lord. Well, I don't know. Again, it's always something, you know? it's always something. You win the World Cup. And this is what everyone's talking about. And again, I was totally unaware of the story. So I really appreciate Dorian, uh, educating me on this and bringing it to my attention. But I'm just looking at the headlines. Man. Wow. quote, AP news, one week, after selling the Women's World Cup, Luis Rubalas is now a Spanish soccer outcast. Wow. Man. BBC News. Luis Rubalas. I'm going to pronounce his name 10 different ways. That way I know I've at least pronounced it right one time. Kissing Jenny Hermoso unleashes social. Tsunami in Spain. Reuters: Spain team quits as federation boss refuses to resign in kiss scandal. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how I I don't I don't know how I haven't heard about that story. But again, I really appreciate Dorian for bringing that to my attention. I guess nothing surprises me anymore in our world. You know, I mean, what do you, what like, I don't know. All right. What do you want to talk about? You want to get back and talk about American football or the Kings or anything else? You can uh, give me a shout and we will do it. I'm not going to go that long today. Uh, Where I'm at right now, it is uh, 1030 at night and uh, I am exhausted from the travel. So I'm happy to stay on. I'm happy to Talk about whatever you want. How about Victor Hovland over the weekend? Did you watch him? Oh my goodness! What a round of golf he! What, what a what a weekend he had! What a weekend to win the uh, FedEx Cup, the Tour Championship. That was pretty amazing, what Victor Hovland did at East Lake, at the Tour Championship. It was very impressive. And now, I guess the next thing for golf uh, will be the Ryder Cup. As I said, I listen. You know, I I might watch a couple of holes on Sunday, but I'm not, you know, I'm not spending a lot of time watching the Ryder Cup in the middle of the football season. That's just me. You know, I get it. I understand it's a big time event and it's in Rome this year. And again, the time difference might make it more feasible uh, to watch it. But wait, what a, what a weekend. All right, let's get to some more phone calls. And why don't we say hello to Trent? Trent, welcome to the program. How are you today?
3: Good. I just popped on. Are you in England right now?
0: Uh, no, I am not in England.
3: OK, well, I uh, heard your. I just popped on and I heard your comments about golf. And I think the Ryder Cup, since it's going to be in Rome this year, it's going to be on a lot earlier than any of the football games would be on. So it might be
0: like. A yeah, well, that, that's <laughs> yeah. And that's good. And I upon thinking about that in Rome, that might be good. But that means what time are you going to have to get up to watch the Ryder Cup?
3: Well, I'm thinking if it's like a Formula One race or the British Open it might be uh five AM, something like that, and then early rounds would be like two AM, especially on the West Coast. But you know, it, it'll yeah, be but, he, but here's the deal. Before, sorry.
0: Yeah, but here's the deal. If I'm if I'm gonna get up to watch the F one race, I already know that Max Verstappen's gonna win the race. I don't know who's gonna win the Ryder Cup. You know what I'm saying?
3: Exactly. Max Verstappen's a given and it's sort of boring to watch those with when he's gonna win. It is. So yep. yeah. Well, Victor Hovland won, and I, uh, I personally, I really wish they would switch venues. Uh, Cause East Lake, it's a, it's sort of a place that gets a bit. I mean, they play there every year, and it's like everybody that can't go to the Masters gets to go to the Tour Championship at East Lake, and it's 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 a cool venue. I like the Bermuda, but I, I kind of wish they would switch up the venues and have maybe something like that on the West Coast for the playoffs. I think it'd be nice and a bit of a change. But I think you know Victor Hovland. He's won the last. You know, I was really impressed with Lucas Glover in the in the last uh, FedEx or the FedEx St Jude Classic, and he won the week before that. And then for Victor Hovland to go two weeks in a row uh, was really Mm -hmm. great because he really um, he really tore it up out there. And I think I think I didn't watch the ending of it. I think the winning score might have been 27 under or something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but it's not really 27 under because you start with a, you know, like for instance, Scotty Scheffler started at 10 under. So it's not really 27 under You're you start. So, I mean, that's a little deceiving, but I would say this, you know, the next big thing for Hoblin now he's got to win a major, you know, he's, he's arrived, you know, when I mean he's arrived, we knew that, but I mean, you know, now the next step is, you know, he's got to win a major.
3: Yeah, he does. He does. And the the Masters could be uh, a very good uh, opportunity for him. And yep. also, yeah, you know, it could be any one of the majors, but I think the Masters uh, might really suit his game. And the way he played at Oak Hill this year coming up, I think it was a top yep. five finish EGA. He could have yep. really uh, – and he's so young. He's only like 25 or something like that. He could be younger than that. But he really hits the ball a mile, and he's really um, – really able to make some putts with that special kind of putter that he uses and it's really it's really cool to watch him play so that's awesome
0: thanks trent you have a good rest of the day appreciate it Thank you, man. this show is sponsored by better help stress we all have it to a degree big small but i think you can agree we all carry around additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 off your first month that's better help dot com slash grant all right always good to talk a little golf we get to uh some more phone calls ryan in Sacktown, how you feeling buddy uh i mentioned on friday that your uh, your surgery went very well how you feeling today bud oh
1: thanks Nates. uh feeling pretty good Feeling pretty good, uh, dealing with a complication or two, but uh, nothing that's uh, too bad at all.
0: All right. Well, sorry to hear you got a complication, but I'm glad it's not that bad. And, you know, fort- uh, hopefully, you know, you'll be uh, as good as new in no time at all.
1: Well, I'm almost half metal, so I would assume so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Good luck going through the uh, good luck going through, uh, you know, TSA at the airport.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, yours and Trent's conversation about the FedEx Cup and your comments. If I say to you, the FedEx or winning the FedEx Cup is secondary to winning a major, your response is,
0: "It is and it isn't." I mean, from a financial point of view, it's the it's the biggest payday on tour. I mean, what did Victor Hovland get? Eighteen million dollars. So I don't see how anyone that could win eighteen million, you could say that is secondary. But in terms of careers and how you measure that sport. I mean, you know, Victor Hovland wins the tour championship every year. Okay. But does not win a major. People will say, ah, eh, you know, he didn't win a major. So do I think it is secondary? Yeah. I do think it's secondary to the major because golf is based on how you do in the four majors, not how you do it, the tour championship. Now, financially, yes, but not, you know, first of all, a lot of people, don't even pay attention to the FedEx uh, tournament. And that's why, by the way, Ryan, they moved it from September to earlier in the schedule because the FedEx tournament, the, 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 the it was getting destroyed by football. Nobody was watching it. So mm-hmm. when they switched the golf calendar around, they put it in August so that more people would watch it and it's worked, but not to a point where I think they hope to get it to be uh, but, I'm trying to answer your question the best I can. It is yeah. secondary. It is secondary to a major. It is.
1: Yeah. I, I just find it unique because like you said, it is a big payday for the golfers, but I mean, I don't, when I, when I think of, you know, the top golfers that may have won a FedEx cup and may have won a major, I don't even think FedEx cup. I, I wouldn't even know to pay attention to it really at times. So I find it really interesting that that's the championship for, it doesn't feel like it's the true championship for golf.
0: Well, it's, it's a made for TV event. Okay. That's all it is. It's, it's all about, you know, made for TV. It's got the big payday at the end, which, you know, obviously attracts the hell out of the players and they take it very seriously. But in terms of the sport, nobody, nobody is going to look at a golfer's career and, you know, talk about the tour championship they're gonna look at majors first, okay? They're gonna look at majors, majors, and majors. And that's, that's what golfers are judged by, and we know that, and that's, I don't see that ever changing.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, 100%. And I think the last thing, I'm gonna to switch to the NFL. Um, any cause for concern, or do you think the NFL is showing its hand a little bit, how they've called off preseason games due to injuries? Do you think that's foreshadowing for something in the future?
0: I think it's very interesting that like, I never thought that I would see a day where preseason games would be called off because of an injury unless it was a similar situation to what we saw last year with DeMar Hamlin and the Bengals, okay? I, I get that. You know, the guy for, you know, people thought he died on the field. I mean, really, yeah. let's just call it the way it is. I, I get that. But, Ryan, you've been watching football a long time. I've been watching football for a long time. We see players carted off the field all the time, okay? And very often, fortunately, when we see the great detail put into a player and securing their head, their body, their arms, their legs, where you know that they don't want that player moving because of a, a a possible head spinal injury and then we find out that you know they're released from the hospital that night or they're released the next morning almost all the time okay now there are exceptions but fortunately they are few and far between yeah i am surprised the games have been you know like I, i'm very surprised i just never thought we would see that i know that preseason football doesn't count and i get all of that but it's just it, it could be something that changes the way we now watch football in the future will 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 games not being completed now I don't want to say be the norm but will it not be the exception in other words will it become yeah. more commonplace I mean look at what's happened in the last 12 months in football look yep. at what happened last year and look at what's happened in the preseason I mean I never thought we'd see this I, I I get that. Again, I understand if, if you think a player died on the field, I get that. I mean, I don't see how you as a, forget about an athlete, as a human being can go back and play. Now I've had this conversation in auto racing because death is accepted as part of a sport. And when you see death on the track, whether it's at Indy or whether it's at the Daytona 500 or whatever the case may be at the super ovals or what have you, when you see, or formula one, when you see a fatality. Okay. In auto racing, they keep on racing. They, they don't stop. They don't call off the race. They don't, they understand it. They understand it's one of the possibilities in the sport and it's accepted as a possibility. And yet in football, we're seeing some, what we think might be a serious injury and they're not completing the game. I do find it very interesting.
1: Yeah, and I, I think in football, you know, we used to, you would see a player go down like you explained, and the automatic assumption is exactly, they're taking all the precautions, and usually nine times out of ten, we hear that player's okay, but after the DeMar Hamlin situation, I think that's kind of the first time everybody was like, oh my gosh, he may be dead, um, and maybe that's changed in a way that NFL thinks you were C- um, injuries in the game. I mean, if they would have canceled one preseason game, then, or if they would have called off one, then, you know, maybe we have a talk here or there, but the fact that there was multiple, that's what really caught my eye. And in terms of auto racing, you said, yeah, it's an accepted thing. I feel like with UFC, NFL, it's an accepted thing. It's just unspoken.
0: Um, I don't think death is part of the NFL. All right. I mean, I think that players realize they could be paralyzed, but I don't think anyone thinks that they're going to die on the football field. I think that racers, when they get behind the wheel of a car, understand that that's a real possibility. I doubt very much that any NFL player thinks they're going to die on the field. Whereas I bet if you asked anybody that goes 230 miles an hour, you know, about that, they'll go, yeah, we understand that that's, you know, part of the risk that we're taking. I don't think football players think that death, is part of the risk in their sport. I, I really don't.
1: Well, just because it happened in, or just because it hasn't happened in the NFL doesn't mean it doesn't happen in football. It, it happens in high school football all across the nation where there's a major neck injury that causes death, head injury that causes death. I don't recall any college football situation where that's happened. And again, NFL it has not happened yet. Thank goodness. But I, I certainly think we're
0: well, when you say it happens all the time, it doesn't happen all the time. well, I, I, no, I no I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. to say
1: all the time. I, I didn't mean to say that. Um, it, it it, happens from time to time is what I meant to say.
0: Hey, I get a mole, you
1: blame one on the Mets.
0: <laughs> no, that's... A, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, almost every sport is a degree of risk, okay? Um, I, I believe that, you know, baseball... There's risk. I mean, look at how often we see a pitcher get hit on a comebacker off the head. Right. Right. I, I, I'm shocked. Yep. That we haven't the seen sound. a baseball player. Uh, it's right. I'm shocked that we haven't seen a baseball player die before our eyes on the field.
1: Very true. We've seen fans die where. Yes, or, we have. Yeah, there has there's been a little girl that's passed away. So and that's what's caused the netting to go up. I mean, it, it's just uh, we it's
0: also all... saw a first base coach in minor league baseball um, die. And that because of that, they started making the base coaches wear helmets. That's you right. Know, and, and so, yes, you know, we, and we've seen a fan at a hockey game, a little girl in Columbus lose her life by getting hit with a puck. And what happened? They now put nets up over the glass behind the goals yeah. to prevent that from happening again. So, yes. But again, I, I just, I mean, to answer your original question, I hope not. I, I really hope we don't start seeing games being postponed uh, because of a injury on a field. Again, a, a an apparent death is different than an injury, in my opinion, because, again, I go back to the Great. accepted part of a sport. Every person that plays football, regardless of whether it's high school, college, or pros, okay, understands that that is one of the risks that you take, and it's why when you play football, even on the high school level, you're always taught to tackle with your head up, not with the crown of your helmet. I mean, you know, you, 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 and you understand why that is. You understand that if you tackle with the crown of your helmet, you may suffer a spinal injury, and so, I mean, it's 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 part of the game. Uh, does, does that mean the games need to be, you know, postponed now? Again, I understand why it happened in the Baltimore, in the uh, Buffalo-Cincinnati game. I don't understand why it's happened in the preseason.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. And I, you just think about what that would open up in terms of Pandora's box if they did start going down that route with you know, more injuries or they stop games and betting and everything else. So yeah, really, really interesting. So, well, listen, man,
0: I'm very, uh, I'm happy to hear you're doing well and uh, I hope whatever the complications are, they get corrected. And uh, thanks very much for calling the show.
1: Yeah. You got it, Grant. Thanks. All
0: right. Very good question there. And I appreciate each and every one of you for joining me this uh, at this odd time today. Don't know what time I will be tomorrow, but I'll let you know as soon as I find out. I hope you have a very good rest of your Monday afternoon and evening. I really appreciate you joining me right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody.